up everyone? This is Jay, aka Brother Soap, welcoming you to the 18th edition of the British Soap Podcast. Like fat boy up in Charlie's face, let's jump this thing off with my partner in crime, Miss Lindsay. Don't punch me in the nose and make my nose bleed, girl. Nah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Not even if I got uh, the woman who seemed like your your gram a grandma to you sent to jail for fourteen months, baby. Yeah, that was sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I thought though? I thought you know what? What a heifer! That's what she get. She was wanting to go to jail because she killed the dick. And there, the heifer's in jail because you killed a dick dummy. I said, I ain't feel bad for her. I said, that's what you get, hope. You should have lied like your family told you. You could have been still sitting at your house smoking cigarettes. But no, you got to talk to Jesus in prison, you big damn dummy. <laughs> I, was, I, I don't feel sorry for her at all, girl. Well, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I, I kind of don't either because she put it on herself. Mm-hmm. She didn't call the cops on her own accord, then she wouldn't be in jail right now. She wouldn't have had to go through the annoying trial. She wouldn't have had to go through any of this nonsense. And she, would have been, mm-hmm. she would have been free and happy to limit her mm-hmm. chain smoker life away. <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad karma for saying that. But, you know. That's the truth, baby. Shots. Well, baby girl, even though that was some BS, we had some good stuff happening off in the East Enders. Kush those shabs. Girl, I like you. So why don't you go ahead and put a prank on it? And sister girl said, yes. <laughs> How happy are you about them getting it together and making it official? I, I think they kind of, to be honest, I think they kind of rushed it a little. I mean, I know it was namely because of the weird-looking other guy, but... <laughs> he was cute, but it it was just not going to happen with him and Shabs. It just wasn't. <laughs> and I was not feeling bad for him and Stacy kissing up at each other for that two seconds either, to be honest. So. No, baby. I thought I would because, you know, I love my Shab, Nam, and Kush. And I think I said last show, I wasn't looking forward to Kush and Shab, uh, Kush and Stacy kissing it up. But you know what? When it played out, it made sense. God damn it. Shab, that man thought about her in Amsterdam, sent her messages, gave her calls, heifer ignored everything. Then he gets back in town, just wants to see his girl, and this heifer running away from him like he Freddy Krueger with finger knives coming after her. And then he just like, I'm done, heifer. You've been pushing me away for months. I keep on trying. It ain't working. We too. And when homeboy kissed on Stacy, uh, he was single as far as he's concerned. And I, it was perfect. I was like, All right, I'm with it. And I was kind of hot. I liked the little sparks between them two. So I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> I thought it was good. It won't happen unless they do something, you know, ridiculous and 
But, but see, baby, I'm a little mad at EastEnders. Stacy had that cool, cute man when she first started on the show, when she first came back. I liked him. I'm wondering why we still ain't heard from him. I mean, where, where he at? I know Ryan is in the in the background, too. You know, he needs to pop back up. Where he at? You know, now they got the flirtation with cushion. Where he at? I'm just like, oh, Lord, y'all need to do something. But get Stacy a man. Come on, now. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? You remember that first dude? Yeah, I was gonna say I think the first dude just up and left because he was sick of relying to him. I remember, but I thought that was stupid. He was a great actor and they had good chemistry together, so EastEnders needed to make it happen. I'm just like, why are you let these good people go? And now Stacey in the house all by her goddamn self. She need a storyline. Alfie and Kat gonna be gone for like a year. She needs something to do. She can't be sitting up there with a goddamn baby. <laughs> They need to give her a love so Max can get jealous and he can lust after her, too. And she can say, I don't want your ass, boy. And get your bald-headed bastard ass away from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm looking forward to. All right, baby girl. Well, we have an East Enders question. And we have an East Enders question from our girl, Miss Lauren. Hills and bow ties. What's up, Lauren? Thank you for this question. You know I love this question. And so is Miss Miss Lindsay. She's going to live it, too. I think I sent it to you last month. <laughs> she sent it to us a month ago, but, uh, you know, because the way we're recording, we're just getting around to it now. So tell me if you remember what I said to this one. Uh, Lauren's question is, what would be your preferred method of torturing Dino Rapist Twix? (laughs) (laughs) What would be my ideal way of torture? (laughs) Well, I would tie him up in a chair Mm -hmm. and I would find bamboo pieces And I've learned from various television shows, namely... Twelve Monkeys. (laughs) Namely... Namely which one, baby? Lost. Ah. If you put bamboo slivers under your fingernails, it hurts Mm. like a mother. Now, question for you, darling. Are you watching 12 Monkeys right now? I am not watching 12 Monkeys right now. Okay. 12 Monkeys is an excellent series. I am watching it now. I think I'm like six, seven episodes in. And they had, on one of those recent episodes, they had somebody do the bamboo finger torture thing. And what they did, they showed the the bamboo going into the fingernail and the fingernail popping up. Ah! 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 If you put it it in the cuticle, like in the actual cuticle itself, it hurts even worse. Baby. So you just sit sit and watch him scream, and then... Now, what if you put the bamboo... You know that little hole us men have to piss out of in our dicks? I'm just saying, because cause we're talking about a rapist here. You know what I'm saying? you got to get them where it hurts. <laughs> I bet that would feel like a full-on castration. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes, and speaking of castration, my preferred method of torturing Dino. Actually, the thought came to me as I watched this month's episode's worth of EastEnders. There was this one particular episode where the poor little rapist was upset that he wasn't the baby's daddy. And so the little teddy bear, the little innocent teddy bear that he bought for that nice little Oliver baby, he just ripped it up, ripped his head off and all that. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I hope that somebody sews that teddy bear back together, and like on Child's Play, there is some spell done over the teddy bear so that the soul of a murderer goes into the teddy bear. I actually want it to be the the soul of an avenging butcher. And I want that teddy bear to find Dean as he sleeps and chop his dick right Oh. <laughs> I would kill for that. I have Chucky dolls. That's a cool way of doing it too. Just have like yeah. the soul of a of a murderer. And it doesn't even have to be like an actual axe murderer. It can just be somebody who thinks they deserve justice or something. Mm-hmm. And then just like you did what? Mm-hmm. Yes. He needs it. Because, <laughs> yes, getting them fingernails ain't going to be enough for that bastard. <laughs> he, he done got away with it. The cops ain't arrested his ass. They said they can't charge his ass. All right. Well, it's time for vengeance to take over, son. <laughs> so, yes, that is the way that I would need Dean O to go. <laughs> that he could bleed out and die because I'm done with his ass. He needs to go. I give a damn how many babies this show gives him. It's time to go. He needs to pay for what he did to old girl. He needs to be in prison forever like Bruiser Brady and we don't need to see his ass no more. I don't care how cute he is. There's more than enough cute men on the canvas to where we don't need to see Dino no more. (laughs) Okay, darling. So... We are going to start things off up in Hollyoaks. Miss Lindsay, what did Hollyoaks do to make you say, what the hell? Well, I would like to talk about Kai Owen, please. He's going to be hitting on that poor little Cleo girl while she's dating Harry on and off. I just, and and what gets me is she doesn't realize what's happening. And I'm just like, no, I'm, 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 I'm done with him. And he hasn't even done anything worth my time. So, <laughs> other than sitting bitch. <laughs> that whole storyline is just so stupid to me because, okay, this is the thing. Cleo does know what he did. Because her sister told her clearly. My girl said clearly, he sexually abused me. And instead of her family rallying around her and being, uh, you know, on her side and skeptical of old dude, Holly Oaks decide to have them think, oh, even though she's saying she was sexually abused, 
what she means was he kissed her. Yeah. She did not say he just kissed her. She said sexually abused. And in the same conversations where she said clearly five seconds before sexually abused, you got characters saying, well, how are you dressed? Like I think Cleo, not Cleo, but uh, who the, who the crazy-ass earth child heifer? What's, the, that's, that's, what's her name? The one messing with Cameron? Celine. Celine, yes, that child. Yes, she, her dumb ass said something like, well, did you lead him on? Like, oh my God. I do not know who Kylie was consulted with with this storyline, but the way they were responding to her was it was just horrible. Like there was no support for her, and I thought, oh my God, that was, what are you doing right now? You know, and it was just ugh. the fact that they blamed the woman, and I mean, they even had John. Paul. First of all, I do not believe that they would not have believed that that child was sexually abused after John Paul was raped. And John Paul was even given the words to say as much. He was like, does what happened to me just not matter to you? Like, I love that when he said that, because for once he was thinking with a brain, you know? But then, in like the same episode, how else had John Paul go from believing that she was sexually abused and the family wasn't believing her because of some bullshit reason to something or other happened where I think, uh, oh girl, who was the one sexually abused whose name I'm not remembering? Lockie wife. What's her name? Twin Italy. Portia. Portia, okay. Portia said something to Jean-Paul like, yeah, I let him on. And it was clear she was only saying that in the moment and it wasn't true. But John Paul, then all of a sudden, after hearing people say she wasn't sexually abused, hearing his family blame her for the sexual abuse, being on her side with this shit, because she says really quickly, yeah, nothing happened, or yeah, I let him on, then John Paul's like, how could she lie to me? I'm like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. What are you doing? Like, what, why? You know, and I know this is Hollyoaks. You said you have a serious issue and you just completely make a mockery of it. But it was, ugh, it is, it is a waste of time. And it, it, like, I just, the, the entire impact of this story is, go- it just feels like a joke. And I, and I don't understand. And I don't think anybody in this situation is coming out looking, looking good. It's just, ugh, I can't. Ugh, I can't. Yeah, I, say, I think the line that really got <sighs> throughout this entire thing was, I don't remember who said it, but John Paul and her were standing right next to each other. And somebody said uh, something along the lines of, uh, there's a fine, or there isn't a fine line between being, you know, being kissed and being raped. And I was like, nope, I'm done. Yep. Agreed, baby. It was, it was horrible. And just, and irresponsible. You know, I think Crystal, you know, has said this about Hollyoaks often. You know, the problem with Hollyoaks is that it's not just insulting. It's irresponsible, and this just feels like more irresponsibility. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm fast-forwarding to the love days because I don't have no time for this. I just, girl, no. I was like, bye. Bye, Hollywood. Just bye. <laughs> oh, my yeah, goodness. I mean, if there's anything worth it this past month that I had to hurry up and go through and watch, 
it was the love days. As yeah. Well. And believe it or not, that, that kind of, you know, knocked me for a loop. But, you know, there were there was a lot of good stuff with the love days this past month that I just sat through and watched. And, I mean, I didn't fast forward to anything. I watched the whole nine yards. And it was just like, you know what? Love days are good. <laughs> I think mine, I think I'm going to take it back a little bit to the previous show uh, that we recorded and this one. Because I think last time we didn't talk about... Hollyoaks, if yes, I'm not mistaken. I, I don't think so. My what the hell that I'm gonna go with is you remember when those homophobes uh, came at Steve because Harry was uh, went to the gay bar to see I think John Paul. Yep. And then he came out, and then those homophobic extras popped up like, oh, did you come out of the gay bar? Da, 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 da. <laughs> and Harry was like. No, I ain't do that. But then Steve walks up because he's about to go in there to go see his husband's. And then those uh, motherfuckers like cold cock his ass in the head and knocks him out. Mm-hmm. So he was in the hospital. So my what the hell was Harry taking the responsibility, like saying he was the one that caused Steve's attack because he was concerned that the homophobes might say that he was gay. Because first of all, I'm just like, God damn it, this is 2015. Nobody gives a fuck if you are gay. I'm sorry. Not in the city. Not like where Hollywood's fucking is. But half the town is gay. Nobody gives a fuck. So that Harry would go, or Hollyoaks would write Harry to think that accepting responsibility for a gay bashing was better than people assuming that you might be gay. Hell, People probably always assume a man is gay regardless. So, what? what? There, was, there was just no need for that. You know, it's like, you let the motherfucking homophobes get done, you know. Eventually that happened. Okay. Then what happens? One of the homophobes comes back to Hollyoaks High on some kind of technicality or whatever. This bitch goes to Harry and tells him some bullshit about how his attorney got video footage from inside the game boy. Somebody tell me how this happened. How does an adult lawyer get video footage from a gay boy, decide to give it to the this child, this high school age child who is caught up on homophobic charges, okay? But the homophobic gets a tape from the gay bar, a silent tape, mind you, mm-hmm. that shows Harry in a gay bar, and he's blackmailing Harry, saying that he is going to show everyone in school this tape, where it's the silent tape, but the homophobe has some rocker dude on it saying, gay bar, gay bar, did you hear that? Yeah. Now, I was like, what? Are you kidding me right there? Gave her, gave her. I was just like, okay. So he, Harry has to do what he wants him to do. Like, like get test results, uh, test something or others so he can pass this test, test answers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's going to post this video that shows Harry in a gay bar, gay bar, because he thinks people are going to care. 
Nobody gives a fuck. If Harry was being penetrated by Trevor Royal in this video, now people would care about that, okay? Dude was walking around a gay bar. Nobody gives a fuck. Straight people go to gay bars all the time. Nobody gives a fuck. So that that was the best that Holly else could do to that poacher. I was just like, why? What the hell? This is stupid. Really? Gamer! Gamer! I was just like, who is doing this music? Y'all are perfect with your text. Y'all have some nice, you know, intro movie music and outro music. Y'all have good music from artists that we like in the show. But we get, Gamer! Gamer! Like, where did he even get that sound? <laughs> like, what? So, baby, I was done. I was like, Holly Oaks, Holly Oaks, stop Holly Oaks, stop Holly Oaks. You are doing too much right now. <laughs> too fucking much. <laughs> I couldn't. Oh, good. What about scenes of the week, darling? What do you have for scenes of the week? I love Scott. Yes, oh. Scott. <laughs> I think he is one of the better additions to the show that we've had in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Makes Sinead more fun to watch. Yes, he does, baby. I think adding him to the show to, you know, give Sinead something to do other than, you know, she still lusts after she, that's kind of weird. But, you know, need to give her something to do other than take care of this baby. Everything having to do with Scott that I saw was absolutely wonderful. Agreed. I mean, I mean, my favorite bits were where she, when he was in the hospital and he was sitting there calling and he ran back to Tony and Diane and everybody who lives in that little itty bitty flat <laughs> with stairs, I I I I still don't get that. It's an upstairs apartment with stairs, but you know, but uh, <laughs> and you're sitting here eating a pizza when you're <laughs> when Sinead's having a baby. <laughs> yes, because because John Paul had turned off his ringer, didn't he? Yeah, he turned off his. Well, he yeah he put his phone on silent. Mm-hmm. And then Steve got really mad at him for it. And I'm like, I'd be mad at him, too, for doing that. Mm-hmm. Missing the birth of a baby, which didn't... Ex- that was actually born on, well, her daughter's birthday, which was kind of weird, too. Oh, dear. Yeah, she was born on Katie's birthday. Child. <laughs> but, yeah. Yes. Scott. Scott lives that life. So anything having to do with that man and his awesomeness gets seen of the week from me. <laughs> yes. I told y'all last episode he was the best thing about that show. He is still the most fantabulous thing on that show. And he checks his Twitter. I see him on the Twitter <laughs> showing love to fans. He's great. He does an excellent job, you know. And I think he is refreshing in his confidence. He is very confident in who he is. There is no insecurity about him. He is just his fabulous, flamboyant self, and it's fantastic. And he's taking no shit from anybody. I think there was one point where 
uh, Sinead was talking about somebody hurting him. I think he told some story about somebody uh, hurting him for whatever reason or breaking up with him for whatever reason. I don't know if he was talking to John Paul or Steve or whatever. But Sinead was kind of like, um, wow, you know, somebody really did you like that. And Scott was like, girl, you think I would let a man do me like that? <laughs> That's right, Scott. You let them know. Don't you let them. These fools ain't going to be playing you, son. So I like it. I think he has a lot of very good potential. And he brings a different dynamic of gay van, um, Steve and John Paul. You know, they too fucking angsty for me. We need something a little bit less angsty, you know. I think that Hollywood is trying to do... Uh, Chris Fisher with Trevor's son, but he's too angsty too. So I feel like Scott brings like that cool vibe that Chris Fisher had where he would cut to the quick, tell the truth, and it was fantastic. And so I love that about him. So I really hope Hollyoaks uses him. I think I said today online, I need Scott to take Connor, who I also love, and except for the whole drug thing. I don't know why the fuck they brought Connor back to do drugs with Steve. Connor's too good for all that. He don't need to be doing all that. But <laughs> I love that uh, Connor, I think, I think Scott needs to get Snatch Connor from Stee so those two can live fabulously in Hollyoaks together. Because I mean, he's, he's wonderful, you know, and it's so nice to have him on the canvas with his beautiful, refreshing self after we've been subjugated to gays who abuse and rape and murder you know, it's just like, ooh, child, we need we need something new, child. We need something. Oh, and and lie to the women that they're with, and go to gay conversion therapy, and call black people drug dealers and thieves. And we need a new refreshing gay. <laughs> we need a gay palate cleanser. <laughs> and Scott is it. Scott is everything. <laughs> That's right. Alright, so we are going to move on to the goings-ons in Emmerdale. Let's start with those what-the-hells, Miss Lindsay. What did Emmerdale do to take you there? The one that really irks me to literally no end is the Jay-Layla-Megan triangle. <sighs> Jay said that he loved Layla. So as soon as he gets full custody of Archie, which he's likely going to get, if Rachel's going to go crazy cuckoo bananas like it's been showing that she is, then he's going to leave Megan so he can be with Layla. I I just can't. I I can't with them. I'm, I'm over this. I'm over this. Square of doom to uh, the Victoria, Adam, Vanessa, Kieran nonsense. But well, look before you move on to them. I mean, yes. Let's let's talk about Jay for a second. Well, first let's talk about Layla. So, you mean to tell me, Emmerdale, that after Layla played side hole for Jay once and wrecked. Her, almost wrecked her business relationship with Megan once she would go and do it again because Alicia's leaving town really she her self worth is that low 
okay? And Jay, who is being so goddamn extra right now, it is not even funny. Going to the point of, it seems like he's trying to make Rachel seem like she's crazy, and I'm mad at Emmerdale for having her play into it by hitting that goddamn cop. Ah. But Jay acting like he's Mr. Scary Man, locking Rachel up in the damn thing like she's charity, and then having the nerve to report Rachel for assaulting his dad when it was an accident that happened, like, that was just some bullshit. When when uh, Rishi was in Jay's face talking about how he was ashamed to have him as a son, I completely understand, because he's shameful, you know. He's up in Rishi's face mad because Rishi got Rachel out of jail for doing nothing wrong, and he trying to tell his daddy how he ain't no kind of daddy. Uh, excuse me, who was it? that pretends to be your son's father so that your wife didn't find out you done stuck your dick in a bitch that wasn't your wife. That was your daddy. He wasn't a no good daddy then when he was trying to save your ass. Now all of a sudden, Rishi is a bastard. Meanwhile, you cheating on your mama. Uh, so here we go again. I know this is... Emmerdale making the rounds. Let's make one character the worst character on the show. Yeah, it's back to Jay again, you know. But it's it's just, it's just irritating. I'm just like, oh my God, where's Cameron when a motherfucker needs to be murdered, baby? Mm-hmm. I'm over Jay. I need I need uh, uh, Charity to come back and hurry up and come back and wreck his life, baby. I'm over I'm over this motherfucker. I really am, you know. You know, but it's gonna come. It's it's gotta come for him, cause Emmerdale does seem to be good about getting these the trifling bastards who think they run and shop, uh, running everything. They do end up, you know, getting their just desserts in the end. So I can't wait for Jay, cause Jay is on my goddamn nerves, all up in a leash's face, talking about, well, at least Arch is mine. I was like, if I was Alicia, I would have said, which one? <laughs> 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 you fucked Arch you was no us, didn't you? You little bastard. You can't even tell who your real son is. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> Ooh, that motherfucker's on my nerves this week, baby. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I am I am so over Jay. I'm so over Jay. I'm so over what he's doing to Rachel. I mm-hmm. I I I know that this is leading to her exit storyline and how bad shit bananas she's going to end up getting and everything. It's just like, I, I, I hope she doesn't end up like dead. If anything, maybe a mental ward. I don't know what's happening. I've stayed away from spoilers. I know that something's going on. I don't like this. I don't like, you know, this whole thing that led up to uh, Rachel and Sam's breakup because the truth came out about her, um, you know, uh, not uh, taking Archie to the hospital. I didn't like that. Ugh, it's, it's, too, it's, it's too much. And I know the actress is leaving the show. I know she is. But I, 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 just, I hate all of this because I loved her coming back so much. But, you know, Emmerdale has even acknowledged in the, the wording of the character, in the scripting for this character, uh, I think it was... Alicia talking to someone about how 
you know, since Rachel's been back, she's not been the same as she was before. And maybe, or maybe Rachel was saying that to somebody, you know. And I think what they're trying to do is to show how Charity's actions have impacted her so severely that, you know, she's switching up the way that she's behaving. But mm-hmm. oof, it's just, it's so annoying because I want her to be just happy with Sam for five goddamn minutes. But they just, they refuse to leave her happy. And I'm just like, <gasps> Why are you doing this to me, Emmerdale? Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, dear. All right, darling. Well, the other thing that had me like, why are you acting like this? Is Finn's ass. God damn it. I love Finn. Uh-huh. I need Finn to have a man. Uh-huh. When Finn was in love with Darren, it was everything and fabulous, just like it would have been if he was into Aaron back in the day. We should have had years' worth of relationship. We are getting more relationship development between Johnny. I keep calling them Johnny. I'm going to call him Johnny forever. I'm going to say Johnny Paul between Johnny Paul and Ben in a week, two weeks. Then we got in between Finn and Aaron and Finn and Darren and Finn and the dude he lied to. And I, yeah, it's ridiculous. But anyway, because we do not have Finn with a man, now all of a sudden, Finn is Mr. Psychic. Okay, now he couldn't see that Aaron was going to use him and drop his ass when they bone. But he can now psychically know every goddamn shady thing his mama is doing to get her man. And it's on my goddamn nerves. I am tired of Finn acting all self-righteous about how his mother has played games to keep James. Oh, my God, mother, how could you pretend to be Chaz and ruin daddy's chances of having a flat? Oh, my God, mother, how could you take Chaz's passport and cut it up? How could you do something so deceptive? How could you do something so deceptive to a man that you claim to love? Can we rewind a couple weeks? Who was it that pretended like he was this big, huge slob so that the man he loved and who liked him would walk out on his ass? Who did that? Was it Aaron? No, he was too busy being a Disney princess for Robert's ass. Um, was it Paul, uh, Val and Paul? No, Paul has left the show. It wasn't him. There was another gay. I just can't. Oh, yeah, it was Finn. So Finn is upset with his mama for playing games to try to get the man that she loves. But he played games to get rid of the man that he was interested in. And um, who was it that lied and pretend that he, that he was Declan, the first dude? Mm. But now all of a sudden, he can't understand, mother, why you would do these things. I was like, girl, stop. <laughs> like, Emmerdale, Emmerdale, let me talk to you, Emmerdale, let me talk to you real quick. You can't be having a character who done shady shits criticizing other characters for doing shady shit. They need to understand. You know, and I know Emmerdale took him there eventually, and it was good. And I love, I love the actress who plays Emma. I think she's still fantastic. And I love how she broke it down. Finn was just like, "Mom, he's never gonna love you," and she was like, "I know." But maybe 
but maybe if I try, like she's showing, you know, she's showing, you know, that that when you're in love with somebody, you know they don't want you, but you just you got that hope. She is playing it perfectly, and I'm mad at nothing she's doing because it's fantastic. It's moving story, and it's fucking shit up, and I love it. It's great. But I came with Finn. I need Finn to support his mama. I need Finn to be like, I got your back, girl. <laughs> let's let's fuck up, girl. Her son played my ass. Fuck her up. Steal a passport. Turn down the pub. I need a minute together because we need to we need to get Finn doing some shit. <laughs> so if y'all won't give, let Finn have a goddamn man. I need y'all to stop having him do this self righteous shit. Oh my God, Victoria, how could you kiss me? We got never be friends again. Oh my God, Ross. How how could you paint HIV positive on Darren's car so we could never be brothers again? Oh my God, mother, how could you rip up a passport? We could never be mother and son again. That is to no. He needs to stop. <laughs> he needs to stop. I need someone to whip out their dick and put it in that boy's mouth so he can stop with this self-righteous bullshit. The only sound I want to hear come from that boy's mouth is slurp. That's it. That's all I want to hear. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking Darren was out of the picture. Finn was just kind of there to be a little bitch and it's kind of annoying because he's better than that. Yes. And I heard that Darren's coming back and he's about to be jealous over Darren. I thought we would have gotten to it at this point. I think I saw the spoiler last month. So I'm ready for him to come back and hopefully it will be long term because they're fantastic together. Dude who plays Darren is excellent. And we need Finn in a relationship. He needs to be in a relationship because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) So if it ain't going to be with Aaron because they are obsessed with this Robert bullshit, put him with a man. He needs to slurp the dick. He needs to slurp it. And that's all I want to hear. That's it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> scene of the week, baby. What was your favorite scene for the past weeks? Um, I I have to go with with Laurel stuff again, man. I I, I that entire storyline just as a whole, it it's just absolutely wonderful, and and yes. Marlin freaking out and asking Rakesh for for advice on lawyers and yes. and and because he's not sure how to deal with it and that's the only way he thinks he knows how she can do it because he doesn't think that she can fix herself. And and everyone involved is just really fantastic and I and I mean it even got Harriet slapping her in the face. Mm-hmm. And, and Heifer was acting too extra at that goddamn ER. Yeah, Harriet ain't had no time for it. I wasn't mad at her. <laughs> Up in her face talking about, well, maybe if it was you, he wouldn't have tried to save you. I'm like, all right. Here, like, okay, bitch, I got you. <laughs> but, Don't forget I, I used to be a cop ho. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, I'm... I'm I just sat there and watched it even when or even when Ashley was lying there off, you know, even though she's alive and everything. Which I know you're ever so thrilled about. <laughs> you know, I will say I'm okay with it. Because my problem with Emmerdale is that 
uh, I think when Kate Oates came on, they redeemed Ashley without redeeming him. Like, they had him working in that fucking hamburger stand for five minutes, going to church for two seconds, and then all of a sudden he's forgiven for this daddy bullshit. But they really did not take the time to address how fucked up that was and give him a true redemption arc. This is the first storyline that I have seen Ashley in since he was beating his daddy that I feel like moves him towards redemption because he used how he fucked up with his father to get Laurel to see how fucked up her situation was and to try to help her move past it. I love that. And so this, I have not liked Ashley since he beat his father. This has been the first storyline since that happened that made me stop thinking of him as anything but a daddy beater. I, I liked it, and it, this has helped me see that he has he learned, and I love that. I think one of my all-time favorites, like one of the best scenes that I saw, was when Laurel went into the room by herself one but when everybody was doing something else, and was all like sitting there. I need you to wake up. I need you to help me. I said, Marlon won't help me. Harriet sure as hell won't help me. I need you to wake mm-hmm. up. You're the only one who can get me through this. And I'm mm-hmm. like sitting there, oh my god, I want to give you a Mm-hmm. And Harriet's in the back like, bitch, you trying to take my man. I'm going to get you. That <laughs> 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 poor baby. <laughs> yes. But you're right, baby. Yeah, Laurel's storyline is excellent. I love this actress. She's another one. She is fucking up. But I cannot be mad with her. When she told Gabby, when did you become such a bitch? Girl, I was dead. <laughs> I was dead. I was like, oh, Jesus. How long has, how long has this actress wanted to say these words? It was fantastic. And child bitch, she told everybody that Ashley was dead, girl. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Laurel is just fucking up, but you cannot turn away. She is fantastic. And... Emmerdale has done redemption excellently with her. Everything that Laura's done has made perfect goddamn sense, you know. She was just trying to love her man. He he was trying to focus on his dead ex and their child, and it was too much for her, you know. And, you know, she's just doing the best she can, baby. But, oof. yeah, Emmerdale has knocked it out of the park with the story. I, I agree. They, this, is, this is them at the top of their game. You know, um, and my scene of the week is still a part of them being at the top of them game, their game. My scene of the week was Alicia deciding that if the police weren't going to do what they needed to do to make sure that everyone knew that Lachlan was a rapist, she was going to do it. So she took her ass to Facebook and she straight posted, this bitch is a rapist. <laughs> I loved it. I said, yes, Alicia. You tell him. Because somebody told her that that, uh, he had a new girlfriend. And the first thing she thought was, I have to stop this because I do not want that girl getting hurt the same way I I was. And see, they are doing everything that Hollyoaks didn't do. John Paul to this day has still not talked about how fucked up it was that he was raped 
by a student and didn't report that rape, leaving all his students prey to that goddamn rapist. The first time Alicia heard that this motherfucker was messing with another girl, now remember, she went to the cops immediately, so she ain't played no goddamn games. But the first time she heard that another young girl might be have the potential to go through what she went through, Alicia was going to do what she had to do to prevent that shit, you know. And Emmerdale came with it. They brought brought out the hilarious extras who I loved. <laughs> who was trying to beat this motherfucker up in the street, girl. And then <laughs> they would do it too goddamn much. Then Alicia steps up and because Emmerdale is Emmerdale, instead of just having Alicia say, look, I'm the, I'm the one that he raped, this is hard. Please leave him alone. No. She takes Lachlan, puts Lachlan in the back seat of her car. They get in the car. They close the door. And these extras are outside pushing on the car, throwing rocks at the car. Like, they Frank, they, they Frankenstein in the car, and they out there with their pictures of F4. I'm like, y'all, <laughs> it was too much. But it was fantastic. Because mm-hmm. what ended up coming out of all of it was Lachlan finally Lachlan. admitting the truth that he knew that what he did was wrong and that was in part because uh was he talking to bell was it bell that he was talking with that helped him to realize how far <laughs> yes because bell was talking about lisa uh, talking being raped lisa and how yes how did that went yes and how he and had was, a uh, mental breakdown and how yes. they were no longer friends if he didn't realize what the hell was going on Child, that was so good. Emmerdale has weaved this story uh, so perfectly. So, and look at that. And and he's still a sexual assaulter. It's still a fucked up situation. But because he's a kid, I mean, it's it's he's redeemed. You know, this is this is redemption. You know, and this is what it looks like. And Emmerdale showed you can do it. You can redeem. You know. And when did this shit start? Like two months ago? Yeah, it wasn't even. It hasn't even been three months. You know what I'm saying? And it's fantastic, you know? So all the other subs need to take notice because they have just played this phenomenally. And I love it. I love it. So, yeah, Alicia, go on putting putting that motherfucker as a rapist on Facebook so people could know what he did and she could prevent another girl from going through it and everything that came after it. Scene of the week. Loved it. So let's go ahead and jump to the cobbles of Coronation Street. What did Corey do to make you say, what the hell? Jenny makes me want to strangle her in the face. I liked this woman at first. And then as soon as I realized what she was planning to do, I was like, nope, I'm done. Because kidnapping babies is not awesome. And that's basically what she's planning to do. And Kevin is a dumbass who won't listen. And, you know, Maddie's all dead now, and she figured it out. Mm, Those were good scenes. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when they were showing, like, the this is what happens tomorrow, which they never do, when they pulled, like, what, you know, all of the U.S. jokes did for the longest time and showed this is what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, is she going to kill her? <laughs> because I know that she was going to die in a near-fatal accident. So it's just like, 
and I knew it was there was a fire happening because you know cows can die in it. But uh, I was just like, oh, is she gonna kill us? Because that would be pretty badass. If, because, which is why it didn't happen. But, yeah, which is why it didn't happen. Goddamn coordination street. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, that would have been pretty badass if she did. But I really, I, I kind of just want her to go away now that I know what her plan is. And which was kind of what I thought of, like, immediately after she came on and started getting really attached to Jack. Yes, can I ask you how you knew this? Because, see, I recalled you talking about this on an earlier show, and then as I watched Coronation Street this month and saw that's what she was doing, I'm like, God damn it, Lindsay, no, how the hell did you figure that shit out, girl? Because I had no idea. Well, uh, I don't know. I kind of just automatically assumed that that was going to happen because of, you know, how close she was getting to him to start with and how she wasn't letting anybody else have any contact with him. You just kind of had to watch the little itty-bitty things that were happening to realize that there was a chance that she was going to be stealing this baby, and Kevin wasn't going to know any of the wiser until it actually happened. And nobody is listening, and he's not listening to anybody, so it's just like, meh. <laughs> it was just kind of little things to that kind of showed up that just were like, <laughs> she's going to steal that damn baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you got props for that, baby, because you sure did have that shit figured right on now. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for her to go, though. She is a mess, and I, she has an energy that is excellent, and I would love to see it nurtured on the show. There hasn't been anything like it since Kirsty left, you know. Now, the way Coronation Street's being written, I don't know that they're going to do anything interesting with her, but I think just by herself watching her performances is, is excellent to see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hope she hangs around for a little bit to be a damn mess, because her and Sophie are fired. Ooh, and when Sophie finds out, girl, that scene where Sophie was, where Sophie pretty much had figured out that Maddie knew something. I was like, that's a preview of what's to come. It's going to be good. <laughs> or it could be good if Corey let it be good. <laughs> okay, admit, there were a lot of real scenes in those first few weeks there, in that last couple weeks there. So. Yes, but let's talk about one that wasn't so good. Can we talk about Todd and his dumbass revenge? (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. So, go ahead, baby. (laughs) You were sitting there, and you were thinking, oh, the stupid scar thing is going to be... You had to know that the stupid scar thing is going to come back and fight you in the ass. And then it was just like, really? Somebody from... Oh, God, what was his name? Uh, <laughs> the profile my God made. I don't remember, baby. But I swear that someone on Corey gave an interview saying that this scar was going to help you get a truer sense of Todd's 
um, real personality and why he's doing, been doing all the shady things that he's done since he's come back to Coronation Street. So I thought that that storyline was going to be some type of redeeming storyline where we would get to see Todd explain why he's been acting like a little bitch the entire time he's been back so he can get past it and we can move forward. But no, instead what we've gotten has just been confusing. So out of the blue, he starts fucking with Jason's relationship and then pretty much plans their breakup. Next thing he does is starts fucking with his mama and, you know, fucking up her relationship with this man for no reason, and then just randomly decides at a point in time in the story where it's really not that impactful or necessary to just say, Mama's been dating someone else, and that someone else is me. And all this because Todd still hasn't let go of his family not coming to that stupid dinner, which made him decide to leave and go take a walk down an alley where he got fucked up in a little teeny tiny car on his face. That really, so that's the motivation for breaking up two relationships. Okay, and then you breaking up these relationships is going to do what? So you have alienated your family again. You alienated your brother from a woman he truly loves, who will be back and he will probably get right back with again. And you've alienated your mom from a man she barely knows, so she'll find a new love who won't be Michael. And uh, she will make it work with someone else, okay, and then the only thing that you've gotten out of all of this is that your family hates you and now you're homeless. Because Todd has no money. Nope. Todd came there broke. Uh -huh. Todd's been broke the whole show. He has his nose in the air about how he's so hooded, hooded and shouldn't be working this job or that job. But he's been working them little shitty jobs because he ain't got no money. So he hasn't saved up enough money to be financially independent. He ha didn't have the sense to embezzle any money from anybody so he could be financially independent. When he decided to blow up his mom and brother's spot, when he still doesn't have any money to survive on his own for no reason. Like, it, it just made no sense. The plan was stupid. The execution was stupid. The fallout was stupid. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why Coronation Street? I mean, that could have been an epic reveal. But it was just some random shit that happened on a Friday out of the blue. Like, yep. Oh, 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 oh. So all this bullshit that he has been planning, I mean, it was six months ago that that missed dinner happened. So for the past six months, when he was supposedly growing in his strength and growing as a person, he decided, no, I'm going to destroy my mother and my brother's relationship because they missed a dinner date with me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was done with Todd. I'm, I'm just done. He can go. He and he and Tony can go right off together in the sunset. I wouldn't. Yes, God, baby. 
And I'm just disappointed with Coronation Street in this baby. I mean, Coronation Street, they just continue to, like, they have all the time in the world to set up impactful story. And then they just don't. It's just not. It's, I don't know why they have such a hard time writing a story that, like, has emotional significance. They just don't. Like, every story is a dud. <laughs> every story is a dud. I, I can't think of one that is actually not. Oh, oh no, I'm lying. Michael and Gail are perfection. That's it. Uh, Billy, 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 and um, Billy and uh, what's his face are perfection too. I think that's yes. Billy and Sean are perfection too. But that's it, child. You know, oof, child. I'm overtired. He needs. I hope he never comes back. He must gonna come back because they ain't announced he left. But for what? What are you gonna do? Come back broke and whining again? I mean, oh, child. Maybe he's going to be homeless. Not a mad at dad. He's going to be the next homeless heifer on the square. I don't know. Girl. <sighs> Scene of the week. <laughs> what did Corey do that, was, that made you happy over the past couple of months, man? <laughs> you, you, you know, as much as I really want, to, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, I really liked everything having to do with the fire. I liked Leanne. I liked Cal. I liked Cal's death. I liked Maddie's death. I liked, <laughs> I, I liked the funeral bit and everything, and they showed an actual Muslim funeral. I liked, uh, I liked, uh, I, I just liked everything that happened and like like Leanne's like oh Amy's in there I must go and save her like a super person and she runs up and she goes in and with Cal and it was just like oh my god this is so sad because I know Cal's gonna die and, <laughs> and it's nice to see you know the the family there that our, our favorite Muslim family finally getting something to do that doesn't involve chickens um, yes. Unfortunately, it involves the death of the character that brought them all to the goddamn show. Like, again, it's just like, oh, what the fuck are you doing, Cornelia? And still, so now Cal is dead, and we still don't really know why him and his son hated each other. Like, that. I mean, all these stories, it's, it's Neil all over again. Neil comes <laughs> chasing after Andrea, and then the story fizzles out of the nothing. And that's them, too. Okay, so now Cal is dead, who was the, the source of issue, because he's dating an ex-hooker. Mama can't stand it. Son don't like it. Now he dead. Now what's the point of them being on the show? To run a community center? I have to say, though, it was nice to see, you know, them actually having something to do that, you know, didn't involve filler. But see, I still feel like it was filler, baby, because, like, I, they have been on a show, what, a year maybe, but... Coronation Street hasn't built up any emotional significance in them. They they didn't explore the ni- dynamics of that family all that much. It's just been like plot point to plot point. So like you know, if if Cal and Zidane had discussed why they hated each other, worked on resolving that, 
been a good father and son recently, and then all of a sudden dad is dead after they've worked things out, I would feel sad. But it's just been kind of like random scenes that don't make any sense. It's just like, oh, why? And I love the guy that plays Cal, you know, and I, I think that's my boy from Touch of Pink, which I loved, but now he's just gone, and so now that's another good guy just off the show. I'm just like, oh, my God, why? You see what's really getting me, though, is they keep, or there's always, somebody new like every week or something you learn somebody new is leaving the show and it's right. like and then you get like this awesomeness like the cool woman who's who slept with nick and ended up you know pregnant and whatnot love her to mm-hmm. be. i think she is fantastic she is fantastic she could stay for as long as she freaking wants mm-hmm. but every week or so even two weeks, once every two to three weeks, you hear something new. Oh, this person's leaving the show. This person's leaving the show. This person's leaving the show. I'm like, are you going to have a show left? Because You know, and what are you going to do with the people that are there? I mean, hell, Maddie came to the show. What did Maddie do? Maddie came to the show, stole uh, Sally's thing, said she didn't, got with, what's the face, saw her brother once. And then got blowed up. Okay. But uh, for what? It, it, it's just like I, uh, they just keep bringing on these characters that are just going to be on for a year or five so. minutes, mm-hmm. and then they'll end up like Dylan on Hollyoaks. It was there for six months, and then bam, he's gone because he's mm. too. You know, I think whoever is writing Michael and Gail's story needs to write the whole show because that is the best story going on on that show right now. They have threaded it beautifully from the beginning, and it's been perfection ever since. So they need to do the whole damn show because I have been invested in that story since the beginning, learning about this fake Andy, who he is, what's going on, the secret of Gavin coming back. Like, all that was perfect. If all of Coronation Street's stories were as solid as that one, that show would be a contender with uh, Emmerdale and EastEnders. But because, uh, like, I don't know what's going on with the right. Like, you know, when uh, Old Dude produced Emmerdale, I don't feel like this Emmerdale was as bad as Coronation Street is under his tenure. Uh, what's this? I can't remember the dude who produced him, but uh, child is just not working. Mm-hmm. It's just not working. It needs work. I can't with it. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> so disappointed. Okay. Um, what did you do? You said scene of the week was the fire. Yep. Um, yeah, I like the fire. I thought it was cool, but I just kind of felt like it was whatever. It's just a fire. Um, well, it's one of the best things think... you've done recently. Got to give them that. I don't have to give them shit. They, if, when they can give me good story, I will give them a good word. <laughs> I'm over them. You know what? I will give them this. I will give them my scene of the week. And my scene of the week is Anna Clown and Faye in front of all the little goddamn school friends. I don't like Oh, that's, 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 that's. It was fantastic because girl, ooh, the the teenage mamas of soaps have been showing their 
ass these past couple weeks. Cindy acted a fool on EastEnders. And goddamn Faye. Ooh, Faye. Faye got on my nerves because she has a nerve to be bitchy to, to Anna when Anna was trying to raise her goddamn baby. I think Anna was trying to tell her to go change the child diapers or something. And she was just being a bitch. It didn't want nothing to do with her damn baby. So Anna's like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, she about to go. She done gone on this school trip. I told her not to by playing me and her daddy against each other. Uh-huh, I got something for that heifer. And so she brought that baby straight to the school in front of everybody. And I'm like, you take care of your child. <laughs> you need to take care of this baby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and it was fantastic. It was really nice to bring that into it now that Jackson's involved, too. So. Well, it was just nice to see a parent be a goddamn parent. You know, I'm tired of these parents up here letting their children get away with foolishness. You don't just talk to your mama any kind of damn way. When your mama is raising your goddamn child and you ain't trying to have nothing to do with it, and she tells your ass you can't go on the school trip, you need to take care of your baby. God damn it, you need to take care of your baby. She working, trying to have money in that goddamn house. You take care of that baby you done chose to goddamn have. So, yes, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Take the baby to the school, and you say, look here, heifer, this is your responsibility. And then you walk your ass away and leave her that idea and what Faye had to do she had to deal they ended up talking and it was nice and nice but Faye needed to know Anna ain't playing with her ass you know you open your legs you have a baby you're gonna have to change some goddamn diapers just the way it fucking works if you don't want no baby keep your legs closed period in the sentence <laughs> so shit yes girl I was I was over Faye Faye had got on my nerves with that foolishness but uh yes I love Anna clowning her ass it was fantastic Fantastic, and I need it to happen. <laughs> it really did. All right, gentlemen, so let's take things over to Alibut Square. What did EastEnders do to make you say, What the hell? Vincent uh, going to Ronnie and Phil. And them making a deal that he would leave her alone if he got the Albert. And Sharon, being awesome and badass as she is, is like, I'm done. But the fact that they just went and gave Vincent and Kim, of all people, I mean... (laughs) Kim look pretty badass behind that bar, but Kim mm-hmm. Kim needs to grow a brain. Yes, she does, baby. I know you like her. I oh I'm, yes, you, I do like her, but baby, I'm I am with you a hundred percent on this. I like Kim when Kim is not man hungry and stupid. Well, well, not stupidly man hungry. There, there have been two times I have not liked Kim's decisions. The first was when she was with that last fool. I can't remember his name right now, but I, I labeled him, Kim, and uh, Denise the worst couple of 2013, I believe, because uh, Kim believed that uh, Denise had tried to get it on with that man when uh, he's the one that tried to get it on with Denise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was acting dumb as hell there. I hated that, and I hate her getting back with Vincent after he clowned her in the streets, throwing his wedding ring in the streets. God damn it, when a man does you that dirty, you oh, and that was a rape. That was a rape. I hated her when she was acting stupid with Ray, believing Ray over her goddamn sister, and I hate her being a dumbass and taking Vincent back after he clowned her in the streets. Believe people when they show you who they are the first motherfucking time. If a man throws his your fucking red and ring in your face in the streets, 
he does not deserve to lick your goddamn shoes. Fuck him. And you're going with your life. So, yeah, I don't like this show. Boo, <laughs> baby, you got to hook me this Albert, baby. Girl, no. It's no. Yeah. I'm with you, girl. But, but, but that's, that's basically one of my main ones. There's a couple, but, but my main one is the fact that just to get them to, just to get him to leave them alone, Phil had to be dumb and forge a signature. And now Sharon plans on working with him just to get her, <laughs> just to get his damn bar back, which mm-hmm. I'm all for. Yeah. Sharon is a smart ass cookie. And, sure is. And. She knows what she's doing, so I'm kind of right. hoping. I'm kind of hoping it doesn't blow up in her face. Mm-hmm. No, Sharon had enough happen to <laughs> fucked up. You know, Phil sent those goddamn thugs after her ass in the club to beat her up because he was trying to, you know, r- get into the club. You know, and now she done hired some motherfucker. He done tried some motherfucker to be her goddamn daddy, and it's fucking with her heart. And she was even slick with how she got him to tell her to. True. She's like, mm-hmm, yeah, daddy used to know your mama, Ben. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell Ben some stories about his goddamn mama, since you know my mama so well, daddy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was smart, you know. So, yeah, she's been through enough. She needs to run shop. She needs to get over on Phil and get over on Vincent, who I love, but my brother, he, he a little too big in his britches right now. Somebody needs to take his ass down a peg, because he's a little too cocky for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my main one. I kind of I, I yep. have a few, but that's the one that kind of automatically jumped at me. <laughs> okay. Well, what automatically jumped at me is Ben No Chill Mitchell. God damn it! When you are a closeted gay man with a girlfriend. You do not do like the dogs do in the cartoon, you know, put put the tongue out of your mouth and go (laughs) in front of your girlfriend when the hot ass man you kissed five minutes before behind your girlfriend's back is sitting two tables away from you in a muscle shirt looking fine as hell. (laughs) Ben, what you doing, Ben? What, bruh, bruh, oh my God, Ben, baby, Ben. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I'm surprised at that dinner with Abby and them. He did not unzip, start stroking his knee right there at the table in front of everybody, girl. Why screaming Paul's name? Paul, uh, Paul, uh, Paul. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Abby, Abby walked up next to him, but he was so focused on staring at Sir Sexiness, he couldn't even tell <laughs> that Abby was right next to him. Oh, my God. Ben has no chill. But you know what? I love that that's how he is. He was the same way when he saw Johnny. Homeboy saw Johnny minute one, and he was like, hey. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't get pushed up against a wall and kicked like a mad person with Johnny either. <laughs> yes. It, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't Vincent and, uh, and George, you know, George, you know, you're a drug dealer and a thief, Vincent. 
and Vincent pushes him up against the wall, and George is like, I know how to get out of this. I'm going to kiss a straight boy. No, that was a, that was a, did you see when Will kissed uh, that Chris Christopherson dude on Days of Our Lives, that other Will? Yeah. That's what that scene reminded me of. That was hot. That was like, okay. <laughs> I said, get it. And when uh, uh, Paul, who I'm loving, Paul is doing fantastic. When Paul looked at Ben and he was just like, and just so you know, this tan is all over. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Paul ain't playing no games with this boy. (laughs) It's fantastic. So, yes, I'm loving Paul. Paul can stay. Paul is automatically the best gay on every single soap opera right now. I love him. He is fantastic. But God damn it. Ben Mitchell needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> How the fuck you gonna stay in the closet when the closet door is open, your pants is down, and you're stroking to the man you just kissed? I mean, for real. <laughs> And Jay just like, oh, you straight, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Let me spray paint right over here, over this Ben and Abby shit, before I tell her ass you tried to kiss me five minutes ago. Mm -hmm." But didn't he already already tell her? I don't think he told her that. Did he? No. I thought he told somebody, but not Abby. Might have told Lola. It might have been, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, Ben, he needs to stop. But I, I like what's happening with this Ben storyline. I think it's gonna it's gonna keep getting good. And he he obviously likes the actor that plays him. Obviously likes these parents with these guys. So yeah, we need to we need to keep that going because mm-hmm. that's that is fantastic and that's working for me. <laughs> yes, but I need I need him over with Abby because I'm tired of this poor girl getting her heart broke. And you know in real life she went through something similar, so I'm like, why they got her playing this goddamn story in real life? That girl don't need to be doing this story right now. Because <laughs> you know she just broke up with her man over foolishness mm-hmm. and then they, they got her doing this shit. <laughs> Shucks. Oh, goodness. All right. And what about scene of the week, darling? What was your favorite scene mm-hmm. of the week? My scene of the week is when Mick Carter walks into the nifty little bed and breakfast place where, you know, Shirley and Buster and 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 Shithead are staying. <laughs> and asks if he has anything that has his blood type on it. And Shirley goes up and gets it, and she looks for the paper, and she gives it to Dean, and he unfolds the paper, and Mick says, the baby's typo. If you are not typo, you are not this baby's daddy. (laughs) He opens up the paper, and you see. Weird God, there's like this smile on his face for a second until his face drops down and he says, A.B. And my arms went up in triumph (laughs) as Mick Carter is the father of this Oliver child. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, this is fantastic. And now he's obsessed with finding Shabnam's daughter instead. His biological clock is ticking, girl. Yeah. His biological clock goes on for the rest of his life. It's the ladies who have that problem. 
Oh, dear. Yes, and I love when Shabnam was just like, why would I have a baby with him? He's a rapist. <laughs> but, yeah, I was wondering if you realized. <laughs> oh, yes, the world is coming down around Miss Shabs, but she's going she go to have her kush to keep her warm, and that'll be great. <laughs> sure. Oh, goodness. Well, my scene of the week involved fat boy knocking the shit out of Charlie over Roxy's shoulder. (laughs) That was the funniest shit I have seen in a long goddamn time. Because fat boy just sick of it. That poor brother been pushed to the damn side ever since this Charlie motherfucker popped his ass back up on the goddamn square. Mm -hmm. Now his... Now his girl died is in jail over this goddamn bullshit with, uh, you know, her son. Charlie done damn near gave up, and Fat Boy is just like, you know what, motherfucker? If your ass hadn't come up in this bitch, Dad would still be out, and we wouldn't be going through none of this shit. And Charlie ain't trying to take no kind of responsibility. And then Fat Boy's like, you know what? I'm sorry that your damn son got your trifling ass for a daddy. And Charlie's like, what you say? And Fat Boy got flavor. He ain't scared. So Fat Boy does just like a thug ass Negro would do. He got in Charlie's face. I say it. <laughs> I'm sorry for your son. And Charlie pushed his ass. Roxy got up in the middle like, hey, hey. And so I thought the shit was going to be over. <laughs> but nope. Easton just let Fat Boy reach back and clock his ass dead in the face. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought it was fantastic. And he wasn't done. He got his black man on and now he's like, and if it wasn't for you, she was not be in jail. And everybody thinks so. <laughs> Get it, fat boy. I was screaming. I was like, yes. Because fat boy told nothing but the goddamn truth. And that's nothing but the truth. And it needed to be said, you know. And I like I like it when people have those big blow-ups and then they go on and keep it cool and apologize and make it right. Because that's what they did, you know. But in that moment, it was perfection. It was right on the buddy. And it was everything. So, fat boy, glad you back, son. See of the goddamn week. I love it. I'll rewind that shit like five times. <laughs> I know, me too. I was like, yeah, I love Charlie. I think Charlie's great. But me too. it was just like, rewind. Mm-hmm. Rewind. And- <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, who was your pick for fucking best character of the month, darling? <laughs> of the month. I'm going to go with one I haven't chosen before and go with Sharon. All right. Yes, ma'am. Because... Of all the stuff that she's done, she's pissed at Phil. She's working through Vincent to try to get her bar back. She basically paid the dad light to double the fake that he didn't know that she knew. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 just I'm just really digging the whole Sharonness. I haven't picked an EastEnders person since ages, so I figured it was about time to... <laughs> Baby, she is an excellent pit. Sharon epitomized strong woman, and it was fantastic. 
She wasn't putting up with her man's shit. She wasn't about to be played by her man without playing his ass right back, you know. And I love this. She is fan damn tastic. So everything Easton is doing with her, yes, and I agree. Excellent scene. Uh, I mean, the fucking best. Yes, ma'am. Well, it is just EastEnders week up on this goddamn podcast because I had to pick two fucking best, and both are from EastEnders. Number one, my boy Buster, who I have loved from the minute he came back to this. He came on to Albert Square. I love Buster. Buster making inroads with Mick and being a supportive dad to him, that is some of the best stuff I have seen in quite a while. Yeah, you know, he doesn't want it. He still goes in and it's the man, so I agree. Well, yeah, Buster know what he got to do because you know what? He's Mick's father, and he's going to let Mick know, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be your father regardless. You know, when Mick is wild enough, Buster likes such ass now. Let's talk. What's going on? You know, like Buster is being a strong dad and he's being supportive to both his sons, you know, even that rapist. And I feel like that conversation that Mick had where Mick broke down how fucked up it was that there he was supporting a rapist. Like it looks like what Easton is doing is getting Buster to start to realize that there is truth to what Mick is saying. You know, but at the same time, he's getting through to Mick and saying, yeah, you up here saying all this shit about not wanting Shirley around. I don't believe that at all. And, you know, that's some bull, you know, and at the end of the day, because of Buster working so closely with Mick, you know, talking to him when he was stressed, helping out, getting the crib together, you know, uh, buzzing in his ear about how Shirley was missing out and feeling sad about not being invited to the events, you know, when uh, Alfie and Kat had to pull out of getting the pub. Mick was cool with Shirley maintaining ownership as a silent partner. And I thought, all right. And, and Shirley, by the end of that, Shirley was feeling confident because she was seeing, okay, we got progress. And I love it, you know. I feel like with Buster, Shirley has, has the supportive man that she has never had with Phil, and I love it. So I really hope they keep Buster around because it's, it's a lot of good with this guy. I, I just I, the actor is excellent, and I, the little picture of the three of them as a family, I'm loving. So yeah, Buster, he can stay out. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. My other one, oh, we got to give love to Paul Coker. God damn it, that actor was butter from the minute he came on that relation on that damn square. You know, yeah. weird. You know, Ben got all up in his face uh, because Lola tripped and fall, fell over the guy. Uh, and he was like, the next words out of your mouth better be an apology. And Paul was like, why are you so obsessed with my mouth? I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I got to break it down like ginger meds, girl. I flooded my basement a little bit. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you know? And then not only does he have that fly sexual chemistry, which is always cute to see, you know, my boy is confident and secure who he is as a gay man, you know, and he's also intelligent. Mm-hmm. He knew some shady was going on with his his grandpappy. So what he decides to do, he gon he gon let me let me sit back and let me just take a look and see what's going on up in here. And what did he clock? He clocked oh boy getting busy with old sister girl. <laughs> he like that shady. He like the reason I left didn't have nothing to do with my daddy is because your ass up here being a damn cheat on my grandma. 
and that was supposed to be his best friend. You know, his granddad was his best friend and a man he looked up to, his idol, spending years cheating on his damn grandmother, you know. And he's vengeful with it. So what he decided to do, oh, we're going to have a party. Why don't we have a party at the Albert, which is run by who? Your whore's son. And who we going to have pop up at the Albert? Your whore. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm like, he is so messy, and it is delicious. So, yes. Oh, my God. So, Paul, with his confidence, his sexy swag, and his vengefulness, and as you see, even the homeboy, you know, sees that old dude got a girlfriend, and he said he'd a, he'd a closet case magnet, he still texts him Ben like, had a bad day. Can I come see you? And Ben like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love him. He is an excellent replacement to Johnny. I love the kid who played Johnny. He was great. I love Paul Moore. So I'm glad he's here. <laughs> My ship is sailing. It is all about Paul and Ben. Don't know what their ship name is, whatever it is. I need it to set sail right now. Because <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Love it, yes. Do you feel the same about Mr. Paul? <laughs> I, I, I agree because I, I really like him. I like how he acts toward his grandma, too. That just, just Yes. Because she thinks it's her fault that she do, that he doesn't come and visit anymore, and mm-hmm. now that she knows he's not, that's not the reason. She's she's in a better mood. She's in a better mm-hmm. place. <laughs> yes, so. and it's interesting, and I like the dynamic between him and his granddad too. You know, but it was kind of funny when homeboy was like, "I know about you and sister girl," and old dude was like. Gotta go, Paul. <laughs> I'm like, no, Paul did not with one sentence turn his granddaddy into, ain't that porky pig that does that? That's all, folks. <laughs> that's, who, that's who his granddad reminded me of when he was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, your ass is caught, motherfucker. <laughs> Yes, but Paul is everything. Paul and Ben are everything. EastEnders and Emmerdale still everything right now. Love them, love them, love them. <laughs> All right, darling. Well, you know what time it is. Let's tell these good folks where to find you at online. Uh, you can find me at Lindsay Amanda on both Twitter and Tumblr. It's L-Y-N-B-S-I Amanda. And uh, y'all know who this is. This is brother to the motherfucking soap bitches. <laughs> I just I was trying to give up my bitches, y'all, but I've been not saying bitch so long. I've just decided to make this the bitch episode, so I've said bitch like twenty thousand times. So now it's more bitch, 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 bitch. Okay, <laughs> shit. That's just how I'm rolling tonight. Okay. <laughs> so yes, I've been brother soap on the Twitters. If y'all want to subscribe to our asses, you can find us on the iTunes Store by searching British Soap Podcast. I got a phone where I can search the podcast app and search British Soap Podcast. If you got a phone or an iPad with a podcast app, just search British Soap Podcast so you should be able to find us right quick. <laughs> and if you want to subscribe, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app or at the subscribe link at UK Soap Podcast on the Twitters. You can also find us on the Tumblr. 
at bridgesoapodcast.tumblr.com. And we will be back, y'all, in two weeks with the next episode of Bridgesoap Podcast later, which will be up at, on Friday at 6 p.m. at whatever two weeks from now Friday is at 6 p.m. UK time. And then we'll be back with a brand new episode of the British Soap Podcast two weeks after that. And there may be a special banana cucumber episode somewhere up in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Get excited. <laughs> or don't, whatever. <laughs> all right, darling, that's all I got. Take us home. How are we getting out of here? You had enough time to think of a quote? You didn't think of a quote last time. Give us a quote to get up out of here. <laughs> I didn't think of a quote this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll do it like this. Well, until next time, I will say, I didn't think of a quote this time either. Bye. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.